Are you ready to eliminate your credit card processing fees? Visit www.pairpayments.com and use code Jake for $250 Visa gift card when you join today. So Tom, I, I was really yeah. enjoying going through uh, some of your some of your website and reading about uh, more about your story, and I found this like commonality, and I was excited about it. So you know, I, I too, I, I grew up in and around construction and the trades. That's what I was raised in. My dad was a contractor, mm-hmm. started home improvements and general contracting. So I did all of that through my childhood. I became a general contractor. Um, I still am, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and I do projects every now and then. But anyway, the point was, is I was reading in there and you self-identified that at the end of the day, even though you had a painting business, you weren't a great painter. That was not, that was not mm-hmm. your skill set. You like the sales and the marketing and the business aspect of it, but the delivering and work. And it like, it kind of warmed my heart because I, yeah. I, I sympathize with that. And, you know, even mm-hmm. a few years ago, i I found myself in a, in a business where I was doing this technician work and I was just, I was, I was a fish out of water. I mean, I can do it. I'm capable. And it, it really launches into this interesting thing about in the trades businesses, most people, I think fall on the other side of the coin. They get into the business because they have a skill set in the trade and then it's the rest of it. So I would love to hear your thoughts on like, if I want to own a successful <clears throat> trades business, one, do I need to be good at the trade? And two, how do mm-hmm. you balance that or, you know, how do you value that skill set versus the marketing and scale, sales skill set versus kind of the management skill set? And just kind of your, your thoughts on what makes a good trades business leader. I mean, do you need to be an expert in the trade? Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, to me, there's two main categories, right, of contracting business owners, and it's the guys that want to, the people that want to be their own boss. Um, they they want to keep doing what they were doing because they like doing what they were doing. They just don't want somebody to tell them what to do, right? And they just they want some degree of freedom there, and um, which is totally cool, you know. And then there's the the other one, which I guess you call them the business builders or the entrepreneurial ones. The ones that really want to build a business, they want to, um, um, they they have bigger vision, bigger goals, bigger dreams for that for that company. And I think both are right. You just got to self-identify with you know which which of those routes that you want to take. Unfortunately, a lot of the be your own boss people end up being a slave to the business that they're trying to keep alive because they don't understand how much has to go into you know marketing and building your brand and learning how to sell and recruit and lead and and uh you know get uh you know incredible buy-in from your team and give them a future so that they stay so you're not in this carousel of you know having to rebuild your crew every season and so i think that that's the wake-up call and then they come to a crossroads where they're um they they need to make a decision right you know am i really gonna invest in myself and the skills that that are required to really run a business or am i going to be content making only 100, 150 grand a year and running me and one or two other helpers. And, um, and, and again, both are right. It just, I guess it depends on, on what's important to you. So do you think that a lot of finding your success, which everybody can label 
with what's meaningful to them. It's not a, you know, it's not a same mm-hmm. definition for everybody. But part of that is kind of being honest with yourself and like looking in the mirror of like, what do I bring yeah. to the table? What do I not bring to the table? And what am I missing that I either need to figure out or I need to have someone to help me figure out? Yeah, the, um, you know, a, a lot of this is getting clarity around what you want. You mentioned, you know, defining your own success. I think a lot of people don't take the time to do that. You know, what does success really look like to me? And sadly, we look outside of us to define it for us. And, and we fall into comparison and those those types of things that are rarely good for us. And so I just encourage people to really get real and honest. What do you want your life to look like? And your, how do you want to spend your the, the limited amount of time you have here? And how what kind of impact do you want to have? And what goals do you have for yourself or your family and, 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 and those types of things? And when you really start getting clear, uh, fanatically clear about what success means to you, it really, I think it lights the way, you know, then you, then you have the second choice to make is, you know, am I willing to walk either whatever path I've, I've chosen to, you know, walk based on what success in that endeavor is going to require of me. You know, you mentioned getting kind of trapped or caught up in that comparative thing. And we certainly live in a world Mm -hmm. where that is thrown at us a lot more. I guess the context in which we usually talk about that is like the impact it has on, you know, young ladies. And, you know, as you're Mm -hmm. growing up, people seeing the social media influencers. And I, I think of like kind of a certain demographic being affected are the contractors in your community do you feel like they are just as affected by that comparative feel that we're getting bombarded with um when they when they come to us i think they're more likely to be that way i think once they've been around our our community and you know we take an unorthodox approach to to success and making money and building the life that you want and those things and they that starts to um rub off on them and then they begin to see through all the all the bs that's out there i mean you you go on like you said you go on instagram right now and it's easy to be a multi-millionaire in four months <laughs> just post three times a day you know and uh and so you know we we've there are a lot of people that um <clears throat> you know here's one one of the problems with comparison is you really don't know what's going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes you know, their marriage could be a mess. They, I mean, they have a $10 million business and a bunch of trucks on the road and all those things that you look at from the outside and go, wow, that mm-hmm. dude's made it. Um, but he's been sleeping on the couch mm-hmm. for three years, you know, and he doesn't have a relationship with his kids and, and he doesn't pursue the hobbies that make him feel alive, like, you know, playing a musical instrument or, you know, their health goes to crap and, you know, all these different things. So I, I've learned when I first started coaching people, I... um uh, I quickly found out that pretty much 100% of the people that I got into their company and we lifted up the hood and started to see what was in, in, in there. Um, every single one of them without exception was screwed up in some way, shape or form. Um, my company right now is screwed up in some way, shape or form, yeah. you know, um, you know, before we hit record today, you were taught, we kind of had that little back and forth of, you know, there's just, there's always going to be issues and problems and things that need optimizing and um, some things you just need to chop off and, and be done with. So, you know, there's always going to be a decision to make. So um, I, 
<clears throat> I don't always do a good job at this, but I try to compare myself to me yesterday. You know, am I getting 1% better every day? I'm not a big, yeah, everybody wants the, you know, the big home runs and things like that, but I'm a, I'm a base hit guy, you know, or I'm a, I'm a guy that, you know, I used to coach high school football and, um, you know, I'm mainly an offensive minded guy. And I'm like, let's just move the chains. You know, you get four yards of play, man. You're, you're getting a first down every three plays. You know, you're moving the chain, you're eating the clock, you're, you get enough first, first downs and the scoreboard lights up in your favor more times mm -hmm. than not. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm not throwing the deep ball every time trying for the big play and stuff. And so, um, so that, that's why I just try to chip away a little bit better each day. And, um, you know, we, we have a thing around here that we, I, I challenge everybody to go undefeated every day. You know, we all have choices to make every day that are going to move us closer or further away from our goals. And let's say you got 25, 30, 50 choices and, and uh, I'm writing my second book right now and some of the research I'm looking at, they say that there's about 70 decisions a day for the average person that means something in their mm -hmm. life. You know, I'm not talking like the decision to change lanes mm -hmm. and traffic or something. That's, that's whatever. But so if you got 70 in a day, can you go 68 and two today? Yeah. You know, in those decisions, um, you know, how many days in a row can I go undefeated? And when I say undefeated, I mean, doesn't mean you always get the results you want, but it means I control what I can control. I'm checking the boxes that I'm responsible for um, to move those chains. And if I do that, I just know that the wins are going to come because of we're stacking all those small little decisions along the way. Yeah, I started writing um, you know, in my journal, not this journal, but in a journal that I write in every day. One of the things that's in my list of standards you know, so you have goals and have the standards mm -hmm. that I'm going to adhere to is yeah. to focus on the process. You know, it's yeah. uh, mm -hmm. the things I can control. I can't control when the outcome will come. But if we do the things mm -hmm. and we do them long enough, and you know, it even with I think with your football analogies, perfect in business. If you have an effective game on the mm -hmm. ground, you're running good, you're getting four yards of play. The big plays will happen. They will open up if you've got the other part, yeah. you know, if it forces those to open up, it's the people that are, you mm -hmm. know, throwing the Hail Mary every time that it's pretty easy to, you know, that just becomes um, a whole lot less effective. So I, yeah. I, I really like that. Um, so I want to I want to just for anybody that hears this, that doesn't know. And I want to kind of get into this a little bit is, you know, the name of your business, the name of the community, this contractor fight. What is mm -hmm. the fight? Yeah, it's the battle between our ears. You know, we we all um, uh, we all have our worldview. We all have our baggage that we've brought through life with us. Um, some of it's self-imposed, friendly fire. Some of it is just the way mm -hmm. we were raised, and everything from all the buzzwords in the personal development world. You know, your limiting beliefs and those types of things. Your money mindset, and and so you know, I think. You know, one of the things we do better than anybody in the world at this stuff is, yeah, the tactics of business and growing a business and strategies, that is what it is. It's math. It's math. It's marketing messages and those things. But but the real game changer is when is the amount of time that we put into um, what we call getting oxygen, because we, we believe here that success is an inside out game, that your business will only be as strong as you are. Um, your business will only be as strong as your your. Um, uh, you know, my wife, we call her the queen. She always talks. She always, she's one always on stage at our events and stuff, reminding everybody that success starts mm -hmm. at home. And so we put a huge, um, 
emphasis on just that fight between our ears and making sure that you're taking care of your business, building a strong you from the inside out. And then, you know, if you dropped a rock in the water where the rock hits is get oxygen. That's working on my mindset. It's listening to things like this, reading books, working out. Um, you know, it's, um, and then the next ring is the people in my life that I'm closest to. It's my wife, it's our kids, it's our internal team in the contractor fight. You know, I'm going to love up on them first, uh, in the order that I gave it, she comes first, then the kids, mm -hmm. then the business. Um, and then from there we get into build your empire, right? Because you've built that, that strong foundation. And obviously, you know, all the puns in the world, you know, uh, intended here in the construction industry, you know, you got a, you got a, a crappy foundation, yeah. you got problems, you know, with anything that you're yeah. building. So, um, you know, and some people are ahead of the curve on this. There's a lot of people that come into the community that are pretty dialed in with getting oxygen in their family. Um, and, and they jump right in and they're, they're half a lap ahead when they start learning some of the tactics and strategies and things like that. And, um, and then there's others that it, it takes them a while to, to learn what it looks like to get out of their own way. And as you put it, you know, to honor those standards that we set for ourselves. And, um, you know, I, I look at my goals every day and things like that, but I don't, I don't focus on them. If that makes sense. I look at, you know, my standard is, you know, like just take health, for instance, I have some health goals. Well, my daily standard is, um, I don't put crap in my mouth and, um, and I move my body every day vigorously, <laughs> you know, that's the standard. And so, um, you know, if you have a big sales goal for your business, you know, the standard is what are the daily actions that I'm That's responsible right. for that I have control over that um, I could check those boxes. You know, it could be as simple as sending a quick 10 second text to a past customer just to say, hey, we built that garage for you last summer. I just wanted to check in and see how it's looking. You know, we got one guy, he's uh, 36 and change, 36% of his income in 2022. He did about 1.8 and 36% of that somewhere between six and 700 bucks. I think that comes out to be 700,000 is, um, was him sending these little 10 second messages and it generated, you know, a ton of money for him just because he's just stacking those little daily That's wins. Right. Yeah. I like that. I, I really mm -hmm. think it's worth saying again, something you touched on that from my experience and my exposure gets messed up in the life of a business owner of an entrepreneur and whether you like it or not even if you're a tradesperson if you've gone out on your own you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and it's that order yeah. of priority in your life and i think that's super easy with the stresses of running a business is for it to get flip-flopped right you know i see yeah. tons of families that their, their their kids become their idols and they neglect their marriage mm -hmm. or, you know, guys let their their business become their obsession and they neglect the rest of it. But you got to I love mm -hmm. that that don't gloss over, you know, starting with that, you know, it's my spouse, my kids and my business. If I don't keep that in order, why are we really doing it? You know, and I think that's it's so vital. Yeah. And the intent, the intentions yeah, are good. Course. It's noble to get up and bust your ass, right. And take care of the people that you're responsible for and that you want to support and care for. And, um, and there certainly are seasons of business and, and literally seasons mm -hmm. within the year that are more, you know, hectic, mm -hmm. if you want to put it that way, where you, it just requires more of you. But if that's your all the time normal, you know, then, then there's probably some low hanging fruit that you can, you can work yeah. on you know, that will, um, that will help you dial that in and, and find that balance. Yeah. 
And I, I think the other key is, is communicating, yes. right? Like um, communicating with your spouse. I mean, you know, I, from time to time, I go do these uh, half day, sometimes full day workshops for companies and stuff. And I'll hop on a plane and I'm gone, you know, just because of the travel, it ends up being like, I'll leave on a Tuesday and I'm back on a Thursday for a Wednesday thing or something just because of flights or whatever. Um, like I'm going, I'm going somewhere in the middle of, of, uh, Ohio next week. And I would normally get done with the workshop and hop on a plane and come home, but it's a small airport, you know, and the last flight goes out, not late enough for me to make it. And so I'm leaving at five the next morning or whatever. So, but you know, when we see these things coming up, it's having that awareness to go, Hey, this is going to affect the vibe at home. So let's have a conversation around. And I didn't always do this. I don't want to make it sound like I've always had this together. I mean, I was married uh, once before and and I didn't do a great job with these things. And I think that's part of why I'm so passionate with it because it was friendly fire. It was preventable. It was, um, uh, you know, and I be clear, I wouldn't have it any other way right now. I'm the happiest I've ever been. But when I look back and I watch the game yeah. film, I go, you know, I could have done better here and I could have communicated better here. And so... Um, you know, it's having a conversation going, Hey babe, you know, well, shoot, you know, we, we went away for two weeks this fall and I told her about a month prior. I said, this is gonna be a crazy few weeks before we get out of town because I'm totally going to be off, you know, completely off for two weeks. And there's, I got to do basically a month's worth of work in a couple of weeks here or whatever it ended up being. And, and now she's on the same page, you know, and I'm not expecting her to read my mind and read my intentions. You know, so that being said, though, I, it doesn't mean you blow your spouse off <laughs> yeah, or your family yeah, yeah, off sure. during those seasons. So, you know, we we have a thing. Uh, the queen and I have a thing where uh, we have date time every single day of the year. OK, now it's not like a formal date night where you go out, but sometimes the date night is 15 minutes on the couch to connect. Sometimes it's sitting in our backyard by our water features and stuff, having a glass of wine and just connecting. Sometimes it's working out together. So, you know, there's always time that that we get every single day that is a non-negotiable even when i travel we're facetiming you know at you know and, and having a little date and communicating and catching up and and that's not always easy right like your brain is fried from the day um you know but this is where you know success doesn't care how you feel doesn't care that you're tired and that your brain is fried this is what's required of you this is what it means to win this moment well we're gonna we're gonna do the things that are most important right we'll make we'll make time mm -hmm. for them um you know what will fit them in. I've noticed a lot in your social media posts and stuff that you and your wife even travel together quite a yeah. bit. And I think it's a really <clears throat> interesting thing observing so many businesses and you've seen a lot more than probably even I have, but in this space and you have these different dynamics, but in every successful business that I've seen, there is a positive dynamic between the husband and the wife, whether they both work in the business, mm -hmm. whether one has a supporting role in the business, but they figured out yeah. how to approach this business thing as a united front. Yeah, she, um, so we're, um, uh, you know, we're in our fifties, I'm 53 and, um, we just have this take that we only have so many days and I'm not willing to, to spend one more day away from her than I need to. And, um, obviously she feels the same way and, and she travels with me for a lot of reasons. You know, there's, you know, it's probably about 80, 85% of the time she'll travel with me. Um, unless there's a kid thing or whatever that she just has to do. Our kids are a little older, but, um, it's, um, she's also a benefit to me on the road, you know, like I, um, <laughs> I get a little crazy, not, not crazy, like partying and shit like that. Just my, 
I just, when we're apart, we get out of our routine and I get weird. I don't know how how else to to explain it. So I just get, I start to withdraw. I get distance. I distance myself from people. I do this with our team too, unintentionally, but I will, I have a very, um, high propensity to be a lone ranger and just put everything on my back and carry it. And, and that messes with the groove that we have at home. So it's like, you just come with me and then we're good. We're, we're still in our routines, even though it's on the road. And, um, and so, you know, that's why we do that. Shoot. I mean, you know, this, this stuff's so powerful that, you know, she said a couple of years ago, she said, um, we're putting on our first mile high profit summit event in that we do in Denver in the falls. And she, um, uh, you know, she just knows that it's not the typical business conference where people come into town and it's a drink fest and all that. And, and, and I mean, our events are four, 450 people, whatever it is, they're all in their seats for three days. They're taking notes. They're all dialed in. Well, part of the reason is we talk about more than just, you know, how to price your work or do the, you know all the typical stuff that you can find. We go there to really move people's hearts. And the only way I believe you can do that is um, you, you have to, um, we want to make it easy for people to have success. And so the, the point I'm trying to make here that I'm butchering is we have half price tickets for spouses. Oh, I love that for our events because we want your spouse in the room with you to hear the things that you're hearing, you know, because you guys are in it together. So, um, and you know, and, and we do that because we just, it, you know, I I usually start our our events where I get up on stage and usually somewhere in the first talk that I do, I say something to the extent of, I appreciate you making the trip, grow your business, but the truth is I can give a crap about your business. I care about your life, your legacy, your kids, you know, I, I want you to live longer. I don't care if you shut your business down, if it's the best thing for you and, and go do something else that's going to fulfill you and make you happy and all these different things. And so, um, and I can't do that alone. I need her by my side to do that. My wife always tells me that we are better at events and when we when we show up as a united front, mm-hmm. that when you have both perspectives playing off each other, when you have both sets of ears listening to conversations, that we get more, we communicate more, and it, it really only improves our image. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, she's uh, she's also she jokes when she says it, but she's really serious. Is uh, she she has given herself the title of my handler. <laughs> <laughs> Because like if we're at an event or I, I go out of town on one of these workshops I do or, or a keynote or something for somebody else, I will, I have a monster work ethic and I want to help. Mm-hmm. And so I will talk all night. You know what I mean? I will be up all night. I'll burn my voice out. My energy will take a hit uh, and I'm not what I need to be the next day for the event or whatever. And so um, if you ever see us in person at an event and she walks up to me and you see her, if she's not with me and talking and she comes over and if she puts her hand on my shoulder, that means it's time we it's time for yeah. us to go. Cause she knows I need the sleep and she knows, you know, all these, you know, different things. So, um, you know, and for those who are wondering, I can make decisions <laughs> on my own and be disciplined on my own, but she is a, a huge value yeah. because I get caught up in those moments of like, you know, dude, let's, let's talk about this right now. Let's fix this stuff, you know? And, um, and, and I can't, I just don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. So you, you said something earlier on, and I think this would be a good point to maybe give a little value. Uh, you said you take an, you guys, or you as a business take an unorthodox approach 
mm-hmm. to what it takes to be successful as a contractor. Do you have maybe like a couple of kind of dialed in specific things that, that you mean by that that could be helpful? Yeah, the two main ones that we get the most hate mail from Perfect. are, um, are number one, you um, don't do a project unless you're going to get a 50% gross profit. Okay, so that right there, a lot of fists go up. People are like, "You can't really? do that in this industry." Really? Oh, it's crazy, man. I mean, I you know, I, I posed, I commented yeah, on nuts. a post you made about yeah. this, and <laughs> my father drilled that into me. He's like, "You price a job, you you take you take your cost." Well, then you double, your dad was a, make any money. Your, your dad was a unicorn, man, because that was like. No, but it, it's, you know, cause you know, too many guys are concerned with the going rate. Number one, let's just stop with that. All right. If the going rate was so good, why are so many contractors not living the life they want to live? Why are they paycheck to paycheck? Why are they, en- why are they at the end of building a company and a, and you know, a career and a life for themselves and they have nothing to show for it at the end, right? They're out of shape. Their marriage is a wreck. They don't have any money in the bank, you know, or the money they want in the bank. I mean, we can go on and on. And so, um, and this is a starting point. Like there's, there's certainly other, you know, you might, if you're doing, um, you know, $17 million commercial projects and things like that, there different. are variables to this, yeah. right? But I'm talking like your average small contractor, mm-hmm. you know, specialty contractors and certain GCs, remodeling companies, yes. things like that. I mean, we've had home builders do this. We've had who sub everything out. We have, you know, I'm thinking of a couple GCs right now that, you know, they, subcontract out everything in their business. Uh, they do, you know, 3.5 a year at a 50, 52% gross profit. And what people don't understand is you don't want every job. You want the right jobs. You want the right customer base and, and the right prospects. And you want people to opt out of working with you and not waste your time if you're not good at fit. And so, and, and it's also rooted in what we've said here a long time is, let's bring respect and some dignity back to the trades. You know, I think one of the recruiting issues or, or, you know, personnel issues that all the companies in the trades have had for long before the last couple of years is, you know, declining numbers of people wanting to go into the trades is they're looking at their uncles and their dads and their, you know, people that they know they're in construction who they work their tails off. Um, and they don't have the same life as a guy who's quote unquote, some white collar dude. So, um, you know, we're, so that, that's number one. Number two is, is our, uh, you know, we have, we have a large sales process, but one of the aspects of the sales process we call is, is our Shinfu pre-qualification process. Okay. And it's, um, and it's really, you know, before, you know, your phone rings, a typical contractor, the phone rings and you go out there and you tap dance and tell them how great you are and you work up a price and then you send it over, you know, you negotiate against yourself a few times before you hit send and stuff like that. Well, we teach guys how to have a conversation in 10 to 20 minutes just to go, Hey, this is our first date, right? As you know, contractor, you know, and, and client, um, let's see if it makes sense to have a second date. And we're going to really discover what their motive is. We're going to connect with them emotionally around their project of things that are usually not technical ever. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, what this is probably going to cost. Um, we establish what's going to happen if, if, if you decided to invite me out there, what would happen next? Knowing what you know now that it's going to be between 22 and 25,000 bucks, what would happen next? Then we're going to make sure that, you know, you're not going to get hijacked by, 
I got to talk to my wife or, you know, my accountant. I've had that one a couple of times. Well, I need to talk to my <laughs> yeah. CPA before I paint the house. I'm like, oh, give me a break, man. You're just too much of a chicken shit to tell me the truth. So anyway, um, and so we, we teach guys how to do this so that you can shave off like 50% of that estimating time and only spend your time meeting with people that are serious buyers. So a lot of people like to like to do like, um, you know, the overall close rate, you got hundred leads coming in, you sell 50, it's a 50% close rate. Um, we find that those that have um, the strongest businesses in our communities, the highest net worths that continually grow, um, those that have the happiest teams, and I could go on forever, uh, typically have a close rate of somewhere between 15 and 25%. Okay. The, but the metric we charge or we track with them on the close rate is what we call, um, how many, um, how many people did you see that actually gave you a deposit check? Okay. So out of the hundred, I might have 50 that we end up not going out and decide we're not a good fit, but out of the other 50, you're closing 90% of them, mm-hmm. right? Because of the conversation you had up front to build that connection that I guarantee you none of your competitors are doing. Yeah, I think that flipping how you approach that, and one of the the things that I noticed in your messaging is talking about the ability to sell unafraid. Mm-hmm. You know, when you stop going begging for work you know in reality not only is it not a good way to get what you deserve price wise but it's very unappealing it's very scary nobody wants to buy from someone that's begging it's like why Mm -hmm. why are you begging um i read a book a few years ago that really impacted me it's not aimed at service businesses i'm I'm sure they could get something from it called uh, the win without pitching manifesto and it was aimed at marketers and creatives you know, who go in and they put together these elaborate pitches to convince clients that they are Mm -hmm. worth, you know, hiring. And it was, it was flipping it, you know, flipping that on its head a little bit and, you know, quit, quit doing the tap dance to tell somebody, you know, I can convince Mm -hmm. them. And that's, that's not really what sales are made of. People want to do business with people they can trust and people they believe are competent and, and they're willing to pay, uh, a fair price for it. I think if you approach it right, really you determine that, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you pull way back and you go, okay, how do you get in front of those people? It starts with your marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just got to be, um, number one, we want to make sure before you start marketing, you have a sales process. We -hmm. teach you our sales process. So here just Somebody comes into our world, the number one thing we do is we help them develop confidence in their numbers. Yeah. Okay. Just make sure you know the math of business. Number two, we teach you how to sell unafraid. Number three, we teach you how to get more eyeballs, the right eyeballs. Okay. So that's just kind of the 30,000 foot view. But I forget who the famous marketer was who said this. And so this is not original to me, but he says, your marketing, if your marketing is effective, by the time you get to the sales call or the sales conversation. It's like a, it's like a gimme putt in golf. That's right. Okay. Your, your marketing will move them closer to the hole. And so that's why we encourage people to talk about price on their website and in their content. We have in this 15 minute call that we teach people to have, you know, we teach them how to really connect with their motive and, and be unafraid about talking about money because they have confidence in their numbers and they know that this is just what it takes to get my 50% or better and be able to deliver an amazing experience for you that 
um, makes me, you know, and all these things combined make you the only and best choice for them at, right. at the end of the day when they're looking at contractors. So, um, you know, it's it just like you mentioned, the you know, the football analogy. Um, if you don't have a good running game, you're going to have a hard time, you know, throw, throwing the ball on a nice deep play action pass, right? Like you got to chip away. And to me, um, back to my football days as an offensive coordinator, I want to attack the whole field. You know, and to me, this is making sure that your brand is on point, your messaging is on point with your ideal clients. It's that you're, um, you're priced confidently for you and what's fair to you. And it's fair to them because they're going to get what they want because you've connected with their motive because people buy for their reasons, not ours. I mean, I could go on for two hours, story after story, just in my own business, businesses through the years of how we were selected because I uncovered the motive and nobody else did. And they paid two to three times more for us to do the project mm -hmm. because simply, I mean, things like uh, the motive can be, don't wake up my twin babies while the crew is here. The motive could be my father-in-law lives with us. He has emphysema. He's on all these oxygen tanks and we're really concerned about the dust in the home, you know? And it's not just going, yeah, we'll clean up really good and cover things. It's, it's say, Hey, what would happen if we would, we were to do this, 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 and this, you know, would that make it easier for the flow of home here? Um, you know, you know, we had, we had one guy who builds a uh, beautiful backyard water features and backyard getaways and things like that. He had one client where the, where the number one motive had nothing to do with anything other than his wife was going through chemo with breast cancer. And they were at a friend's house for a weekend or something. And the only place she could sleep was next to the water feature. So he came home and found a pond contractor. Okay. And the day the pro or the, the day after the project was done, this guy in our program uh, posted a picture in one of our groups where he, uh, it, it was the homeowner in his house taking a picture of his wife napping next to the water feature. Wow. Okay. You can't put a price on that, you know? So, um, so yeah, that, that's a, you know, connections, everything, man. And, and if, and if it ends up not being a good fit, what we find is people are really appreciative of the fact that you had that 15 minute conversation with them before they adjusted their schedule, before they had to line up your bid with the other 17 ones that they were getting and all this other stuff, you know, to, um, they respect the openness and the honesty and, and oftentimes those people end up coming back. You know, you've been in the trades long enough to know that sometimes people hire the right contractor and they wish that you, they would have hired you because you were a jerk and pushy in the sales process and didn't connect with their motive. They'll never call you, you know, even yeah. though you probably would have been the good fit. But when you keep that, and it's all about the relationship, you know, one of our sales coaches, Derek, he talks all the time about every single time he's speaking with a prospect and pretty much anyone he ever speaks with, but in the sales game, um, he pictures they have an imaginary sign around their, their head hanging off their neck uh, that says, make me feel important. Like he filters everything, everything that comes out of his mouth, every question he asks, um, that's his secret sauce. I mean, dude, he, he did a live uh, sales training call and he, um, you know, on one of our Zoom calls, we had, I don't know, a hundred guys or so on this call and he, um, he closed a 212 $215,000 project in 12 minutes on the call. Derek might've talked for a total of three minutes of that call. Yeah. And, and they were the right questions. They were connection questions. And they just walked this person to where Derek was the only option. And the guy's like, where do I send the deposit check? Yeah. I love that. You know, 
one thing that is so often forgotten, I think really among anybody that does a lot of sales and marketing, but especially small business owners, is that that process, your marketing mm -hmm. material, your messaging, your branding, and then when they interact with you, the job of that, yes, is to attract people, but it's also to repel the wrong ones. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, you cannot <laughs> build a great business with terrible customers and you can't scale yourself into profitability. Those things are impossible goals. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we forget that. And I think, you know, one of the things I really like in, in the material I've seen of yours is this idea is that if you get the engine going well enough and you have enough leads, then you can feel confident. You know what? We don't want all these. Yeah. Some of these are going to be the nightmare. And anybody that's that's had to do contract work at all knows there are nightmares out there that, you know, you don't want. You don't want them. Yeah. And except that is a gift, too. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up, you know, that it's um, it's repelling people, too, because. And, and there can be a negative connotation when you say that, like you're going to repel the idiots. You know, it doesn't mean these no. prospects are idiots. They're probably a good fit for somebody else, just not you. Sure. Right. And so that that's the filter here is, um, you know, you just got to, it's really about taking control of the sales process. If you just want to narrow it down, just if you get a thousand leads a year coming in and you don't have a, a tried and true consistent sales process, um, that you can teach other people that works, then you're on a thousand different sales processes every time the phone rings, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and we get, we actually get, um, you know, one of the things that, that some of our, our members do is, uh, we'll teach them how to collect pictures before they go out there. Hey, I want, you know, my great room painted in this, Hey, do me a favor. You know, I want to make sure that I, I hear you right here. And, you know, I understand what you really want. Could you just snap a picture of your great room and text to me real quick while we're on the phone? Or sometimes on their websites, left features where they can upload them. And there's other really good companies out there like Groundwork and things like that who do video and stuff. And 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 we've partnered, done some things with them in the past. But they, um, it, you know, then you're on the phone and you're like, oh, now I see. Now help me see what you see. help me see what you see here, Brad. You know, this kitchen. What do you see? Paint a picture for me. If it could look anything you, like you wanted it to. Okay, talk to me. Who's using the kitchen? You know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where do you guys hang out? You know, you're just at, you're just being curious. Yeah. And the more curious you are, um, you know, people really respect that. So when we talk about getting pictures and stuff, contractors give us more pushback than consumers do. Like we get more pushback on this process from contractors, this whole prequal thing and it. pictures and stuff, yeah. than then the contractor actually gets from the, the prospect because Remember, we're in a day and age where we carry these little microcomputers around in our pocket that give us instant answers, instant information. Um, you know, you can get a you can get a freaking mortgage on there in what fifteen minutes or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and stuff. You buy a car, get pre-approved to buy a, a you know anything you want. And so people have been conditioned. You know, where you know I'm wearing Time Kills Deal. Coincidentally, today it's one of our shirts. Time Kills Deals, right? Like, let's have this conversation. And that's what con consumers love: speed. Speed is king you know, in sales and in sports. So, um, you know, we're, uh, you want to weed out the wrong people as fast as you can. So you could give your very best to the right people. That's right. Uh, and I, I appreciate you bringing some clarity around when, when I said the word repel, it's not mm -hmm. 
we're getting rid of the bad clients. I mean, I yes, knew there what are you bad meant. clients. Yeah. But yes, I appreciate you bringing some mm-hmm. clarity around that because it isn't. It's just the right fit. You know, and I think, uh, you know, we've we've worked around a lot of people in the uh, like the exterior cleaning and maintenance space. Yeah. And there's the guy that does the two hundred dollar house wash. And then there's the guy that only comes out when he does roof, house, all the surfaces, and it's fifteen hundred bucks. And the truth is there's a right fit client for both of them. There's a client who wants quality. It doesn't matter what it costs. They want to drive up and everything be perfect and nothing be damaged and everything be exactly like they want. And then there's one client that's just really happy that you came out to wash the house because they didn't want to do it. They didn't have a pressure washer and they're not really worried about everything else as much. Well, it's a great example, what you just gave. So we, we hired a new Christmas light company this year because, okay. uh, you know, the company that, um, so let me just say this, my, my wife hired this other guy for a couple of years because he's, he's, um, he's got some life issues and her heart went out to him, right? Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things. And mm-hmm. she's like, I know he's a pain to work with and all this other stuff. And, um, this year we paid, I don't know, 12 or 1500 bucks. We didn't have to lift a finger, didn't have to chase anyone down. It was convenience, right? And so the people that we all want to market and sell to are the people, number one, they have money, right? So we want, we all want people as customers that have money. Well, I'll tell you, and you know this, you know, when, when you have money, you want things done. And when it's done, you don't want a to do list. That's why I'm more likely to hire the, the wash guy that you described at 1500 than the guy doing it for 200 bucks. You know, this other cat was like 300 bucks, I think is what he charged. And we had to babysit it every time and this and that. And, yeah. you know, and I'm just like tolerating it. And she's like, I know, I know, maybe next year I'll find somebody else. Well, this year it just became, he actually came out and it was a total mess. It was inconvenient, messed our whole day up. And then the lights didn't work two days later. So I, and, um, so I, I went on Google and I found these two kids, man, these two 21, 22 year old kids in our area that um, had like 250 reviews that were just kick butt. And I sent a text seven seconds later, one of them's replying to me. The next day they're out here and we're, we're signing up with them. Um, and I get to talking to one of the kids and I go, um, and when they came to install, dude, they were in and out in like 20 minutes with their little team. I said, how's business going? He's like, yeah, last year was our first year. We had 135 or so customers. This year we had 400. Wow. And for them. so I start having this conversation and I'm doing the math with them. And I said, let me get this straight. You're 21, 22 years old. You're and your partner here and you got two guys that help. <clears throat> in about a two month period, you did 400 grand. And he just smiled <laughs> and he said, yeah. I said, what are you going to do in the summer? He says, outdoor lighting, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, but he, they made it about the experience is my point. It wasn't about the lights. It was about the experience. We didn't want lights because we wanted Christmas lights. Okay. We wanted lights. She wanted, like, if it was up to me, we wouldn't have anything like that because I have no aesthetic qualities about me at all, really, um, when it comes to stuff. But this is her home, right? Her number one you know, we, we talk about values and stuff and, and her and I will do some goal setting things together. And when we do like a values exercise, um, her number one word that always pops up is home. 
that is her most important thing. And if you can start connecting with your prospects and your clients on an emotional level like that and on their behaviors and those other things, not just demographics, but what is truly the motive, she wants this to be a place that she has put her stamp on. This is a place where she can take pride in it. I mean, all these things, we could go on forever. But, um, and that's what these two kids intentionally or unintentionally understand. And either way, good for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely good on them. I tell you what, if I was 21 and I made that kind of money in a couple of months, I would not be working in the summers, you know? I would yeah. be out. I don't know what I'd be doing, but I wouldn't be working. Yeah. So. I want to I want to touch on a couple of things before before we get off kind of yep. going into the getting business thing. I think that we're in a season where it takes more effort to get the jobs now than maybe it did 24 months ago. Uh, so when demand is down, yeah. when the phone doesn't ring as easily. Mm-hmm. What. What's what's kind of your advice to contractors to go out and to start you know, to getting business during that, mm-hmm. that time, I guess is the simple way to ask. Well, the first thing is let's, before we fix it, let's under, understand how we got here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I acknowledge that there are field conditions that were all dealt, whether it's the economy or the weather, or, you know, things like that, right. There's always going to be field conditions in any business. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so but that being said, we choose not to participate in recessions or whatever you want to call it. We just don't do it. We're, we're just not okay. participating. Not, we're not opting into that. And so um, that's number one. Number two is how did we get here today with a, with a silent phone, if you want to call it yeah, that. Okay. You know, you're, you got your phone here and you're just staring at it, hoping that yeah. it's going to ring. Right. You know, I remember way back in the day with my first business partner and our, my first uh, painting cup, co- second painting company, he, um, it was so slow one winter, like every seven minutes. And this was back in the day where we called into the office to check the voicemail. Okay. So okay. like, just like, <laughs> and cause we had our main company line and like, it felt like every seven minutes throughout the day, I was calling the office to see if anyone called, you know, and, and to check the main line phone that we had, cause we didn't even have an office manager or anything at the time. So, um, you got in this spot because you haven't been stacking the wins along the way to keep your phone ringing. Now you certainly might have a dip because of the field conditions, but if you've been building your brand, right, controlling what you can control consistently, um, you will not be hit as hard, um, by those tough times. So low hanging fruit, because I know there's a lot of people listening right now. Number one, um, you have a, you have a customer database, right? And if you don't, you need to have one. And so just pick it up and call. That's the lowest hanging fruit there is. It's free. Okay. Brad, appreciate you having us out last year. I just wanted to check on that job. How's it looking, man? It's been a few months. I, I, I can tell you with all the confidence in the world that if you do that, let's just go, you know, here, I just spoke in Dallas last week and I gave a math example. Actually, I forgot to give the math example in this point of the talk. I said, if, if you do that twice a day to your customer database, which will take you all of about one minute of your day. Right. And just, I think the math is somewhere around, there's around 262 weekdays a year mm-hmm. as 524 touches. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're cycling through your list six times. Okay. Yeah. doesn't matter. Um, there's strategies and tactics of what to say and you know, all these other things. All right. Well, the, the lowest I think I've ever seen people in our communities do is have like a 5% hit rate. 
So that's at least 26 additional projects right there, just from that one action. Okay. Uh, next low hanging fruit. If, if you have a quiet phone is what I call warranty calls. Now this is the same audience. It's your customers. Cause once somebody gives you money, right, they're more likely to do it again. Mm-hmm. If they had a great experience, we, and I'm all for getting new customers, but we spend so much time, money and energy and focus trying to get new people that we don't nurture and take care of and water the, the ones we already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do these warranty calls where it'd be like, Hey, Brad, we painted uh, your exterior last year. Um, you know, and, and, uh, it's time for your warranty call or your warranty visit. You're going to be like, what's that? And you'd be like, Oh man, I'm sorry if I didn't tell you about that. But basically, um, we're going to come out, schedule a time either for 10, 15 minutes, walk around your house, see if there's any issues. And if there are, we'll address them on the spot, you know, and if it's something bigger, we'll schedule the time to get it taken care of. You're running into the punch of the warranty issue. Now, nobody's ever proactive about a warranty. Okay. And what that does is the law of reciprocity kicks in. You're out there doing something good for you, for them. And what we found when I personally did this, about 40% of the people that we did warranty visits for said, Hey, while you're here, can I get a price on this? And our calendar would fill. Okay. So, and I know it's different with different trades. Like if you're just, if you're building big ass remodeling projects, it's very different, but you could still go out there, right? and make it a great experience because you never know what their plans are for their next home. You never know if they have a friend or a relative who wants to do a project and they're talking to co- contractors right now. Um, I had our exterior painted and uh, our basement painted the summer of 2021. Great experience, great company, great young husband, wife team and the, their employees. Um, I can't say enough good things about them. My one issue is they've not, they've not contacted me one time. Okay. And right now, today, we, she would stroke a check for at least 20, 25 grand to paint other shit in the house right now. Okay. It's on our radar. We just need a nudge. Okay. But life travel and kids and running the business and, you know, all those other things get in the way because life just happens. And it's not like I don't have heat or something. You know what I mean? So it's not like urgent, but we could easily, easily be tipped. So to me, you know, when the phone is silent, this is the time that you're work, you're working your database. And the second thing, when your leads have taken a big hit is you need to actually raise your prices because you have less, you have less at bats to hit your break even points on your, on your monthly uh, overhead, you know? So if I have a 20,000 a month overhead, you know, that means at a 50% gross profit, I got to deposit 40 grand into the bank every month just to pay for the overhead. And this is after paying for the shit in the field. Okay. Well, if my average job size of I'm a small residential painter is 4,000 bucks, I need to complete and collect money on at least 10 $4,000 jobs a month. That's 10 jobs. And if my close rate is 30%, I need 33 leads in that month. Okay. Well, when the economy takes a dive and field conditions change and the phone goes quiet, well, maybe I only have 12 leads coming in, right? If I do 12 jobs or 12 leads at a 30% close rate times four grand, it's only 14, four in revenue. I'm six grand negative from hitting my break even point. Now I'm going into debt. Yeah. So, um, and this is terrifying, by the way, when, when your phone's quiet and, and it rings and somebody's You're going, right raise your prices. But I, I had one, one winter where, 
because you know the previous winters we had tried discounting to get work and all those other different things that we all try to do and we think that that's going to really move the needle and it rarely ever does if ever so this year i'm like well several years ago i'm like well, that's never really worked and then i end up signing up all these low profit jobs that i have to fulfill right and for the wrong people i'm attracting the wrong customers mm -hmm. you know that's a whole domino effect mm -hmm. so i uh I had a meeting with my business partner and we were going over our leads and sales. And he's like, you know, I think at the time we had 12 full-time painters in the field. And um, what's 12 times four? 48. So that's what? 400, 480 man hours, roughly a week times. Uh, it was, it was the end of November because it was right after Thanksgiving and we had nothing. I mean, nothing scheduled until the middle of January. So call it six weeks. I had 2,800, 2,900 open man hours with no, no hope in sight. Um, so I worked. That'll the, keep you up at night. Yeah, I worked the database and the leads that came in uh, on all these, I actually doubled my prices. And I and, and a week, a little over a week later, we had our other owners meeting that we regularly had. And he's like, what the hell have you been doing out there? I said, I said, I, I just doubled our prices. Dude, we filled the calendar. Okay. And I think partially back to what we talked about earlier, nobody wants to buy from somebody who's groveling. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants yeah. to hang out, buy from, you know, be a client of work with somebody who doesn't have confidence. And I knew because I knew my numbers and I knew what it took to just break even and based on lower lead flow and stuff that this is just the business move that needed to be made. And that mm -hmm. gave me so much confidence when normally I'm spitting out a $7,000 price. I'm going, yeah, it's 15, five. You ready to get it scheduled? And they're like, yeah, let's go. You know, it's like, it, it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain yeah. it other than I think there's a, you know, I think confidence goes a long way. Yeah. The confidence goes a long way. And, you know, as humans, we may, if you've read the book, uh, persuasion, Robert Cialdini, I didn't finish it. I several years ago I flipped through it, so oh, I, I can't I can't favorites. BS you on this one. No. <laughs> so there's there's several like key psychological things that we rely on when we make decisions, and it's it's you know if you understand the brain is as much about filtering things out as it is about letting things mm -hmm. in. So we have all these things we run on autopilot. Well, one of the standards we run on autopilot that serves us well most of the time is that cost and value mm -hmm. usually travel together. Mm -hmm. And so there's this great story in the book about this jewelry store in this vacation town. And they had this turquoise jewelry and the owner thought everyone was going to want oh, it. Oh yeah. They put it I in the case. This. this is great. No one buys it. Week after week, they move it around. They do all these things. They put it in the feature case. They do all these things. No one even looks at it. One day the owner comes in, the jewelry's gone. And they're like, what happened with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's sold, whatever. Goes back to look at the books. Well, the, the employee accidentally like mm -hmm. doubled the price of it. And all of a sudden it was gone because when it was more expensive, it became more special. And it's really weird how people mm -hmm. work. But it's like you said, at the end of the day, it's like it's great to tell these stories, but it takes a little gut check to have the move to be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to increase my prices when things are down. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I want to respect that, but I, I, I love that. I think you're absolutely on. Well, we're, you know, the mistake I think a lot, and I am not an expert in retail and, and all that stuff, right? Not even close, but yeah, yeah, me a lot of, a lot of contractors try to use strategies that retailers use 
with discounts and things like that, right? Because what they fail to understand is as a contractor, you're not in a controlled environment. You know, you didn't spit out 83 of these widgets and it really doesn't hurt anything if you just move them and get rid of them, right? You got something for them. You know, you start trying to do that with like your labor and all those different things. There's too many risks involved. There's too many, you know, and I don't know about you, but if I'm doing projects on the cheap, if I'm delivering anything that I'm an expert in on the cheap, I kind of have an attitude about it at some point. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to give my best. You know, I'd like, to, I'd really like to say I would all the time, but I haven't. You know, when I know that I undervalued me and what we deliver, um, I'm not as fired up to deliver a great experience. And that's a problem. But I know that when I'm at a premium, I know I'm fired up to give my best because I know, you know, they're paying for it. And so, um, you know, guys, you can't play the retail game. You can't play the discounting game. You're not, you're not Amazon and you're not, um, you know, these other retailers and stuff. So know your numbers, be confident in those back to the example I gave where, you know, if you didn't raise your prices, you'd be at what? 14, four in revenue. You'd be 6,000 less than your break even revenue for the month. You could sit home and not make 6,000 bucks. Yeah. Right. Like you, and because you, you know, the minute you mobilize the troops and you hit the job sites, risk factors go up. Guy falls off a ladder. You know, you, you, you know, in our cases, painters, you spill the paint on the carpet. Now you got to replace the carpet, you know, or whatever. You know, it's just one of those things where when you really start going, is the juice worth the squeeze on this? It's, it's rarely worth it when you discount. Amen. Amen. I could not agree more. So I have one more question unless you're out of time. I'm good, man. I can't see my clock. Okay. So one thing that you do really well, but it is not common in the trades <laughs> uh -oh. is probably a lot of things is getting out there and being making content, mm -hmm. making video, doing that. Now I realize that the community you're building is a little different than being in a trades business. Yeah. What do you tell guys about getting out making content using some of the platforms to be visible what's what's your advice there is it is it valuable yeah so it's it starts with um understanding that you can't be hired if you're not known mm. okay that's number one number two most of this stuff here is free you can get hundreds you know like i operate in the thousands of eyeballs and things like that okay but if you're just a local contractor when when can you for free get in front of 50 or hundred people a day in your community for free. Okay. So that's why we talk about creating content. Yeah. Um, on a consistent basis, that's really low friction, really doesn't take a lot. And so we encourage people to create content that adds value and to talk about common issues. So I, one of our calls this morning, I was talking to a guy who, um, he, he's a brand new business, like six, seven months into business. And he's like, you know, I, we do this social media challenge thing that we encourage our, our members to do and of, you know, just to get in the, the habit of posting and doing valuable content. And one of the videos is, um, why <laughs> the, it's, it's why am I better than anyone else doing what I do now? It's said differently, but I'm just getting to the point. So, okay. And he's like, I'm really new. And he had all this head trash around. I don't know how I'm better. Okay. Yeah. I said, well, you don't need to be better. You need to be different. Okay. So yeah. he's a, he's a former Marine. He's a former police officer. And, and I said, dude, pull out your camera and just go and say, it's me. 
hey, I'm former Marine as well. So I'd be like, hey, Tom here with ABC Painting or whatever the name of the construction company is. You know, one of the things that I find a lot of people want to know is why they should hire one company over the better. Why is this company better than the other? And I can't speak for everybody else, but I can speak to the fact that one of the biggest pains that the typical homeowner has when working with a contractor is chaos. They're not communicated with properly. You know, there's a mess. You know, you just list off all those most common pains. It has nothing to do with the trade. You know, and, and I, as I've been thinking about this, you know, I'm looking back at my history in the Marine Corps, my history as a police officer, and these were environments that required my utmost discipline and order. And I had to be squared away and I had to be dialed in. And looking back over the customers we've served, I'm really proud to say that's how I'm showing up as I've started my new business. Okay, so it's basically just being incredibly real with people and then being relevant to them because every homeowner can relate to a shitty contractor, yeah. you know, and a bad experience. And it's going to resonate with some and it's not with others, but that's okay. So, um, but again, to me, it's just the, the, the umbrella idea of this is it is your number one job when you own a business, it is your number one job to build the brand and to sell. That's it. And so a lot of, a lot of guys get busy and they stop marketing, right? They stop posting, they stop creating content because, and, and the whole content thing is, is a huge topic in itself, but just think of Google. Okay. Say you're a kitchen remodeler, 90 out of a hundred people, if not more, have no idea what it really costs to remodel a kitchen. Now they could see it on a TV show or they can, you know, do whatever, but you know what they're doing? They're going to Google and they're going, how much to remodel a kitchen in my area? All right. And so when they do that, I'm putting you on the spot here. So I don't, if you don't have the answer, that's okay. Um, okay. I might not have all right, the answer. That's all right. I don't know. Um, when, <laughs> if, if, if you Googled right now in your area, how much to remodel a kitchen in such and such town, what, mm -hmm. Are, what are the vast majority of the results going to be, the search results? Uh, they're going to be SEO-driven websites that uh, have articles mm -hmm. about what that costs. Yeah, and most of those are third-party lead gen sites like You're Angie's right, and Home Advisor or whatever they're called darn, now. Absolutely. Um, HomeWise, BobVila.com, HGTV, you, mm -hmm. you know, you name it. So. So right there is low hanging fruit. If you just wrote an article a week, educating people on the common questions that they're already asking Google, you're more likely to come up. So last example on this um, painting company I own, when I first started getting into content, um, our sweet spot paint project was an interior repaint. Okay. Every painter in the world lives for the exterior season. We hated exteriors because weather would mess with them. And our strength was being in the home, just the quality of our team and our people. They were just, we belonged inside the house. I'll just, you know what I'm saying? And we were most profitable on those jobs. Uh, it was like a well-oiled machine. Anytime we were doing interiors, it was just, and so was our sweet spot. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to get more interior painting work in our town here. And so I wrote, um, I picked a keyword phrase like interior paint prices. Cause that's at the time people were searching you know, uh, and then I would, I did interior paint prices, colon, how much is it to paint? How much, to, how much does it cost to paint a kitchen? 
interior paint. And this, this is probably outdated for all you SEO guys that are judging me right now because I'm not an SEO expert, but I'm a content expert in this sense. And I just did an article, how much to paint a small bathroom, how much to paint a bad bedroom, how much to paint a two-story foyer, how much to paint this. Dude, within, um, uh, I, I have a graphic I, I put up when I do this talk. I posted it, uh, like I wrote all these blogs within a three-month period. Okay. So let's just say they're all posted by, it was December. All of them were posted. This one in particular, um, what are average interior paint prices? I think is what it was called by December. I think I posted it in, no, uh, September. It had like unique visitors to the website that came in through that blog. That article was like 400 and something, 40, 440 roughly. By the next December, that one article by itself, we were able to trace over $200,000 of revenue and 4,400 unique visits from something I did once. I produced it once, put it on my website, lives forever, and it continues to attract the people that are searching for those types of things. And I don't know, are, are you you're familiar with Marcus Sheridan? Okay, so Marcus Sheridan wrote a book called They Ask You Answer. He's a buddy of ours. He speaks at our events from time to time, does some private workshops for mm -hmm. us and stuff. Um, Marcus will tell you if you will sit down and write two blog posts a week that are high value. Okay. Um, and educate, answer the most common questions. If you do that for 18 months, okay. Um, you will own your industry in your area. You will own it. And this doesn't cost anything, right? You just, it's the knowledge that's already in your head. These are questions that you're already answering every day in your sales process. You know, you're standing in front of the customer and they go, hey, how do I wash my walls after the house has been painted? Because you guys are doing a great job, but I got seven, you know, morons running around here with chocolate on their fingers yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. And so yeah. if they're asking you, that's why the book's called They Ask You Answer. If they're asking you, they're mm -hmm. asking Google. And so all mm -hmm. these things, the social, the stuff, all this is low cost stuff that can move the needle um, if you honor the standard that you mentioned earlier, right? This is my standard. This is what we create. We create this each week. I post on this each week or each day um, and, and don't tire of it. Well, you know, that's the, that's the trick, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people get started in things like that and don't, don't stick it through. You know, what's easy to do is easy not to do. Dude, I wrote an article yeah. on how to remove your wallpaper. Okay. And, um, this is coming back to me. This is, this is how this is supposed to work, by the way. Um, I wrote the, I wrote an article on how to remove wallpaper. And a few months later, I wrote one on how to fix drywall. About a year later, I go out to a sales appointment. We go in the house. Guy starts talking to me. I said, how'd you find us? He says, well, it's a funny story. I said, what do you got? He said, about a year ago, I was removing wallpaper in one of our rooms and it wasn't working. I didn't know what I was doing. So I went to Google and I asked it and this article came up. I did what you said in the article and I took the wallpaper down and he says, in a couple months after that, uh, one of my teenagers opened the door too hard of his bedroom and put the doorknob through the drywall or whatever. Right. And he's like, I had no idea how to fix drywall. And I Googled it and another article you wrote. And I said, all right, time out. And he wanted me there to paint his whole house. And I said, so time out real quick. I appreciate that. Thanks for inviting me out, but it sounds like you're a do-it-yourselfer. You know, so why am I here? He says, well, I think it was his wife that had just got, it was him or his wife that had just gotten transferred. They had like two weeks to get the house on the market, you know, because they were their job was being transferred. And he literally said to me, um, 
and this job ended up being uh, just shy of 30 grand or something. <clears throat> he said, every time I went to Google and asked it a question, you were standing there. So I figured you were the ones to hire to paint my house. There's no other bids. I was, I was, because I had added value. That's back to your social media and content questions where a lot of people go wrong is you make it all about me, 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 right? When you make it about them, you know, um, you know, remember that I'm important, whatever that sign's going to say. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. make them important, add value to them. It will come full circle to you in ways that you can't imagine. I, I have nothing to add to that because that is that is exactly what I would hope would be shared, you know, and, and I think you even can kind of go that step further that as things have moved forward, people are just as likely to do that research on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So learning how to sit in front of a camera and give that answer, show that answer it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, we have even more tools now and just understanding where people are and giving them what they want. I think people misunderstand that marketing, that content is supposed to exist when it works well in a way that makes the viewer, makes the potential customer, makes the audience's life easier and better, yeah. makes it easier to do business with you, makes gets their problem solved. It's not rocket science, I, I but we forget mm -hmm. that when... Still today, and I've been I, I've been harping on this for so long, and I I still see it. Still today, business owners are like putting in like you know the Facebook groups. I just had this commercial made, and it's you know it's two minutes of them talking about themselves. I'm thinking, I hate to break it to you because I know you spent some money on this and you really put effort, and it looks pretty. Mm -hmm. No one cares. Yeah. yeah, they don't. And you know, you you said a couple key phrases there that I heard from a woman speaking at a marketing event probably ten years ago. Now, she said every piece of content that you make. Um, should make their life easier or meet a need for them. If mm. you do that, if mm -hmm. you run that through, does this piece of content do these things? Mm -hmm. um, you cannot go wrong on the content that you create. I mean, you, you know, I've created more free content teaching contractors over the past several years, how to make money, how to lead better, how to sell all these different things. Um, it's all for free on YouTube and on my podcast and social, it's all out there. However, what happens is people, they get into it and there's nuances to anything, right? Like, yeah, you could figure out how to remodel your own bathroom, but if you want it to go a little smoother and a lot smoother yeah. and get done a lot faster, you're going to hire a pro. Well, it's the same thing with what I do, right? Like people will consume our stuff. This is generally, and I, this is a overall business lesson for people is play the long game, right? I'm not after this one transaction. We play the long game. So we'll put out content and typically, last time we ran the numbers on this, it's always pretty consistent. It was about 94.87 days from the time somebody opted into our email list to when they spent their first dollar with the contractor fight in a coaching program. And the vast majority of those people have said to me, I've been watching your stuff for two years. I wanted to join your community. I wanted to be a part of this. Your content has helped me. I'm making more money. My wife was able to quit her job. I want to go next level and I'm jumping in this thing because I know I can move faster now. Okay. Yeah. So when you're creating content, guys, you know, meet a need, you know, make it about them, make their life better. You know, and I, I think, you know, you, you're touching on something that it's relevant for probably any, anybody that I've talked to is that fear 
that if I give something away for free, then why would they need to do mm-hmm. business with me? But that's just not how it works. No, well, some will, and that's cool, right? That's, you know? They weren't going to do business with you anyway. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, um, there was, there was some company, I had these old, these, these, uh, bifold doors in one of my old houses that were really, really, our door, term package is pretty sweet. And I, one of my, my two teenage boys were chasing each other through the house and the bifolds in the hallway were kind of open. One of the doors was open mm-hmm. and they hit it and mm-hmm. knocked it off. And it was really complicated to figure out how to hang this thing. Like, I'll just, I'm not a carpenter. Like, I don't hang doors. You know, I'm pr- fairly handy, but I'm not crazy handy. I tried for probably 20 minutes to hang this stupid door and it wouldn't stick. It wouldn't stay on there. And this is probably, I don't know, had to be eight years ago. I'm like, hmm. <clears throat> I go to YouTube and I typed in how to hang a such and such brand bifold door. A video pops up that the company put out. Hey, one of the questions we get all the time is, how the hell do you hang this door? <laughs> Dude, yeah. it was hung in like seven seconds after I watched the video. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not, um, um, it's fine. They made my life easier, right? They helped me through a, through a fix, so I have goodwill towards them. And so, um, you know, we, we build a home and do whatever. I guarantee there's going to be a conversation with that company about our trim package. You know, and this is eight years later, and I'm still talking about it. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're still talking about it. The customer experience mm-hmm. can start all the way back in your content and it can continue all the way through on the other side. And that's what s- some of these tools and s- being able to do that offers you to be able to do. You can give somebody a video long before, like you said, people watching your YouTube channel for years, their, their buying journey, their customer experience with the contractor fight started then. 100%. And then this door company, long after the purchase has been made, they're still helping you out. Mm-hmm. And huge value. Yeah. I mean, there's huge value. And I'd just be thinking as any business owner, not, not, not to preach, but any business owner be thinking, how can I do that? How can I extend this amazing experience that I sell before the sale, after the sale? Because like you said, when you play the long game, it does come back around. Well, and that's, that's another thing. Earlier I said, people buy for their reasons, not ours. And people also buy when they're ready, not when we're ready. (laughs) So, you know, you could, this is why you just have to keep chopping the wood, man. Keep showing up, chopping the wood, putting the work in. Um, and you will start to really hear, um, I mean, if you're just, if I don't mean just a salesman, if you, you're employed as a salesperson in the trades right now for somebody, you can do this, right? You could build your own personal brand to be the know-it-all about XYZ construction, right? And now how valuable are you if you should decide to move on to another company for whatever reason someday, you've created your own book of business and now you and your eyeballs and you're bringing it with you, you know? And so, you know, many benefits to this stuff. I love it. Man, Tom, this was a huge pleasure. This is a freaking awesome conversation. I enjoyed it, man. I, You're I easy to talk to, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we like talking about some yeah. of the same things. So, you know, that that helps. That helps. So uh, how do how does anybody find the contractor fight? I'm sure it's probably a simple Google search yeah. away, but where, where should somebody go if they want to learn more or get in contact with you or see some of your content? Yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, the contractorfight.com, you know, is the hub of everything, but, you know, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and on Instagram at real Tom Reber. And, um, you know, we're pretty easy to find. So make sure to check out this guy's YouTube and his podcast. Thanks, he, 
this has been like, a, you know, I think this is like a six for you. You are fired up on your YouTube. So, like, if you need something to listen to in the morning to, like, really invigorate you day for the day for your business, man, listen to this well, guy. You. I promise Thanks. your blood will be well, pumping. Well, co- coaching point videos. here. I know my audience on the show, right? I know they've subscribed. Yeah. I know they're opting in to be yeah. there. And my job, like, on YouTube or whatever is I want to get your attention. I want to stand out. I want to be different. And I'm being me. Trust me. I'm being me. I'm being me right now. And I'm being me when I'm, you know, ranting. Yeah. Um, just don't have your little kids in the, in the car with you or whatever, but, um, yeah, that, that too. but you know, it's, it's just understanding the situation that you're in and any marketing you do and any content that you create, you know, who is watching this, who is listening to this, who am I trying to attract with this? You know, so I'm trying to attract a lot of these frustrated contractors that are working their tails off and they just can't seem to get over a certain hump. And I'm going to poke some of those buttons. I'm going to, I'm going to call them little this is and that's and and quit stealing from your family and every time you you don't charge what you need on a job you might as well line your family up and punch them all in the face because you don't respect your family and like you know and that gets their attention right and so mm-hmm. um and you can't help people with the service that you provide if you first don't get people's attention so be different absolutely well said well thank you tom i hope we get to do it again you got sometime. it Brad. thanks buddy